Orale. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Martin, and we are on YouTube. Familia, please give us a like and subscribe. We would really appreciate it. We're getting close to the 100 subscriber mark, which is very important to, so we could get our own URL. So, por favor. And as, as always, as it's been happening for the last couple months, we have been a proud member of the Fantasy Points Media Group. So they are a great familia. You've got, gosh, some of the great minds in fantasy football. You got John Hansen, Graham Barfield, you got Scott Barrett, Tom Brawley, Joe Dolan, Wes Huber. I mean, just some great, great names who have some of the most incredible analysis. Uh, Greg Cosell's great draft uh, dra draft prospect profiles. You got Wes Huber's college football. You've got golf coverage. It's all there. When you go to Fantasy Points, put in Familia 22, or if you want to do it in Spanish, Familia 22, you get 10% off. So right there, Familia, get your subscription we are continuing our NFL Insider Series with someone who Familia is is very, 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 uh, you know, he was very instrumental yeah, back, in the, back in the day when I was a young up-and-coming sports writer, 18 years old, walking in the Daily News for the first time. He was covering the Dodgers at the time, and I, you know, it was just like he was someone I was, I looked up to, and I became, I eventually worked with him, now consider him a friend from the LA Daily News, covering the beat writer for the Rams, mi amigo, Kevin Modesti. Welcome, bienvenido. Thank you again for doing this. Jorge, thank you. And uh, those are those are great memories, thinking back to uh, the old days of, uh, of the Daily News. And uh, uh, I remember when when you, uh, when, when you showed up and you impressed all of us immediately. So uh, your success is, uh, is no surprise. Uh, and it's, it's great, as always, to see you. Great training ground, great training ground. I mean, just, and so many people who are still, you know, still out, out there doing it. I mean, gosh, I mean, please, familia, support local newspapers. Yes, yes, you get you get the great unbiased coverage. And I mean, this is a guy who's who's been who's been on the beat in baseball he's covered horse racing and he's even dabbled in politics, but now now in very much in, ingrained with the Rams and have you been able to uh, relax at all after the, you know, just the long Super Bowl run, covering that, covering the parade and everything, and and then just the 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 off season, the way it's gone? Yes, uh, um, you know, beat writers are always on duty, always looking over our shoulders, uh, always trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Um, but, uh, you know, I think everybody uh, from the participants to the observers uh, uh, have a chance to um, catch their breath. Um, that was literally a long season, you know, the longest NFL season ever. And for a team that went all the way to the Super Bowl, they played as long as, as football players could possibly play. And uh, we've seen the coaches respond um, by uh, going a little lighter with the off-season program, uh, in part to recover from the long season, in part to get ready for the intensity of training camp as they start to gear up for an opener that itself is three days earlier than, uh, than everybody else since the champion always opens on the Thursday night. So, uh, um, uh, but yes, it's uh, it's 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 a chance to catch up after working uh, six and seven days a week for uh, for seven months <laughs> during the season. Um, 
you know, all of which felt worthwhile when the Rams season ended in such a neat fashion. And I'm using neat in, I guess, both senses of the word. The, the story tied up nicely in the end when they won the Super Bowl. As soon as it was over, you kind of thought to yourself, well, that, that wasn't easy, but, but, uh, but it was worth it. Yeah, and you get to go home to your bed that night, like uh, so. That that that's as a beat writer, that's a that's a nice little added treat at the after a long Super Bowl. Yeah, some of us sort of talked about did that feel like a Super Bowl? Because um, you know, a Super Bowl usually means traveling. It usually means uh, covering teams you're not familiar with, um, and uh, it means hanging out with beat writers from across the nation all week. Uh, there was none of that. <laughs> in, in a sense, it felt like just the biggest Rams home game uh, we've ever covered. <laughs> but, uh, but then you went went down to the field afterward, and 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 all the confetti is on the ground, and uh, and and uh, players and their families are still celebrating an hour and a half afterward. And uh, you realize this was uh, this this was something. Uh, this was a keeper. And by the way, then Rams personnel starts asking you for copies of the next day's newspaper um, because, uh, you know, the newspaper remains kind of the, the certificate that something really happened and that it really mattered. So uh, I'm sure uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure copies of my newspaper's front page, the LA Times, uh, the same, are on the walls of a lot of, uh, of people, including people who were on the field and made it happen. You know, they they still wanted that keepsake. Yeah, it's that wonderful timestamp that that people keep referring back to. I mean, I've, I've, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen newspapers that are framed in, you know, from the 50s and 60s and maybe even earlier than that. So love it. Love it. By, love it. Love by, it. We put in a plug. Um, our newspapers produced a uh, an instant book um, that uh, hit bookstores less than a week after the Super Bowl. It's called Our House. Um, and it's a, uh, it, it's a compendium of key game stories, player profiles, columns, analyses from throughout the season from our newspapers, many of which are mine. Um, and it's, uh, you know, speaking of keepsakes, that's a, that's a nice gift for the uh, the Rams fan in your family or for yourself, um, it's uh, it's in bookstores. It's available uh, to order online at our uh, our papers websites. So, and that's always something. That's always something that's great to have for. I mean, for anybody, a gift idea and it, uh, fantastic, fantastic. Love it. I'm glad. I'm glad they did that. And and your words will live forever in the in that book. So, uh. very thought. <laughs> well, you know, it's time to look forward. Yeah. And uh, let's start with the quarterback. So we're, we're Matthew Stafford delivered as expected. I, I was listening back to our our interview last year, and it, it very much was uh, at, as he ended up having the kind of season that they could ask for. Definitely a little lull there when they had a losing streak, but you know delivered in all the key moments. The big thing is, uh, you know, he had that injection. Uh, on his elbow, but all reports are he's going to be fine and throwing by training camp. Are, are, 
are we looking for another season of about 600 passes, uh, assuming everything checks out during training camp? Another, you know, just uh, 600 passes in that high-powered Sean McVay offense? Yeah, well, I would make a point, you know, uh, as we start to uh, talk about individuals, that um, I, I think you'll hear me be pretty optimistic about mm-hmm. many of the individuals uh, who were stars of the Super Bowl team um, continuing to be pretty valuable <laughs> players uh, next season. I think the questions about the Rams maybe are more general, uh, as everybody, uh, every, every every Rams writer has on a search and replace uh, uh, key. Uh, no team has repeated as Super Bowl champions since the 2004, 2000, no, 2003, 2004, um, New England Patriots. Uh, there are reasons that it's tough to do that two years in a row, and the Rams won't be immune to many of those challenges. I mean, on the plus side, they don't have any glaring holes. They have some question marks, but no glaring holes like you would have with a lot of teams coming off a championship and losing players. They've lost some players. They've replaced um, most of them. Uh, and, um, you know, so they're pretty solid in that way, but will they be, will they be healthy? Will the offensive line, which has had to replace a couple of guys be as good? Um, uh, uh, you know, will somebody like Odell Beckham, uh, return to the, the team? He's kind of in limbo right now, injury limbo, free agency limbo. Um, I, I don't worry about complacency, but, uh, Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, if you're investing or looking to invest in the Rams, whether you're a a point spread better, uh, a futures better, or a fantasy player, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the market is on the Rams. Uh, I was looking at Super Bowl futures um, odds yesterday. Um, The Rams are 11 to 1, I think, uh, Mm to win the Super Bowl, that's only fourth among NFL teams. Um, if, just going back in history, that's the, I guess, the, the least respect, <laughs> if you want to use that word, that a defending Super Bowl champion has received at this stage of the offseason since the 2015-16 Denver Broncos, um, who – as we remember, came off the championship and lost Peyton Manning to retirement. Nothing like that has happened with the Rams. So it's a pretty interesting thing that the Rams are not only not favored, they're not in the top three. Um, And then if you look at week one point spreads, um, I think the Rams are generally one point favorites over the Buffalo Bills uh, at SoFi Stadium on that opening Thursday night in September. Um, but you can see Bills minus one in some places. So um, maybe the Rams are not going to be considered, you know, the the rubber stamp uh, Super Bowl contenders uh, uh, as they go to training camp. Um, so that could mean that uh, individuals are, um, are, are are lower priced than they should be good opportunities for uh, for Rams optimists, um, uh, but take them on a case by case basis. They 
to get to your question about Stafford, um, the coaches have been intentional, to use their word, uh, about uh, basically keeping him from throwing during spring workouts. The plan has been for him to start to gear up in informal workouts and then be ready to go by the start of training camp. So we'll see how that goes. Um, he, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a smart, dedicated guy. I, 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 I don't think we're going to see a, a drop off in dedication and, uh, and, and performance. The question will have to do a lot with, uh, with, with uh, the coaches uh, and how they prepare to stay ahead of defenses. Uh, Rams have a new offensive coordinator in Liam Cohen. Uh, he fits in well. He knows the team. He's getting to know Matthew Stafford, but uh, um, it'll be interesting to watch that dynamic. So, um, I, you know, I, I think Stafford is certainly up there among the top quarterbacks, probably not the number one choice uh, of too many people, but uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect a drop off, but keep an eye on, on his health and, uh, you know, follow coverage during training camp and, uh, and, and see what that's, uh, uh, see what that's like. And he really unleashed kind of more of a downfield attack. And, and it was pretty evident right from the start that it was, uh, that it just showed, I mean, he's one of the—he's still one of the elite arms in the NFL. One of the great deep passers. I mean, really, the only thing he doesn't do that like uh, Josh Allen does is Josh Allen runs. But mm -hmm. he's—I mean, he's going to be a threat for. I mean, is—is is it pretty much he can be a, again a threat for five thousand yards and pushing pushing for, you know thirty-five to forty touchdowns in in this offense, considering the fact that a lot of times quarterbacks are more familiar that second year. Yeah, I don't see a reason why not. Um, you know, it uh, this is a fairly complex offense, and uh, you know certainly he would seem to have mastered it in his first year, and yet. He was talking, uh, you know, early this season about continuing to gain mastery of it, ownership of it. Um, so uh, it's, I, I guess, it's an ongoing process. Guys like him and Cooper Cup, uh, uh, to say nothing of Sean McVay, delight in finding new ways. Um, you know, when uh, when Stafford was asked about basically what does Cooper cup do to top himself uh, this season? You know, he said, well, you can't just say, uh, go out and, you know, catch 200 passes and <laughs> for 2,500 yards, you know, it, it's not that simple. Um, it's about finding ways to improve in other, in other ways that might not be noticeable to outsiders like us. Um, and I would say that applies to Stafford because, of course, the the two guys' uh, fortunes are pretty much wrapped up with each other. Oh, very much. Before we get in the cup, though, I want I, there's a lot of intrigue on Cam Akers. Wow, border on borderline miraculous comeback from the Achilles injury. In le it was let it was less than six months. Uh, I think it was five months before he came back because it was late July and he was uh, he was back on the roster at the end of, at the end of December. It was not a ceremonial move as it turned out. He very much became the bell cow, but 
the results were tough. Some tough run defenses that they faced in the playoffs. So can you can you help me kind of figure out he'll be a year out, more than a year out when the season starts from the from the Achilles injury. We'll have had a normal fairly normal training off season. Could we be looking at another very, very healthy uh healthy workload for him or is it going to be, or is Daryl Henderson and possibly Kyron Williams going to be spelling him at some point? Well, I think they would love for him to be able to carry the kind of load that you're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the dream scenario, he gets back to where he was in those last seven games of 2020 when he was averaging 90 yards a game, four point, you know, four point seven, four point six, four point seven yards a carry. Um, uh, but he certainly wasn't that in the five games that he played when he came back from the Achilles injury last season, um, 2.4 yards, <laughs> a yeah. 35 yards a game. His biggest contribution was catching a, a, a long pass from, uh, from OBJ. Um, so I would say he, you know, he, he didn't prove that he was fully back from, the injury, um, but I know that he uh, got immediately after the Super Bowl on uh, on, on continuing to train, and uh, I yeah, I wish I knew what to expect exactly. Um, I mean, when Rams executives have been asked about uh, uh, about the running back situation and whether they're going to have to pick up uh, a, a, another proven guy between now and the start of the season um you know the answer has been they they're very satisfied with acres with daryl henderson they like Tyron williams um in the draft um and uh so we don't have a plan to get somebody else but Depth is always an issue uh, at that position. It certainly has been for those guys with the Rams, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so it's really another position where I think we're going to see what it looks like at the start of training camp, and uh, and and you know, are they are are they babying Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson to try to keep them healthy and. Uh, uh, I think that'll tell you a lot about uh, what kind of production to expect. Yeah, that one's going to be that one's going to be interesting because I I just as, as a safety net on some early drafts, I've been grabbing Henderson late, uh, just kind of as an insurance policy for him. It's uh, you know I I'm optimistic that the workload's going to be there. I just wonder if the explosion that was there uh, before the season is going to be back. And that, and, th- and there's only one way to know is just see him in the games. Absolutely. That's realistic. Now we talked about, uh, you were, you were mentioning Cooper cup. What does he do for an encore? I mean, triple crown over 190 targets to me, that's almost as important as that's uh, almost as important as the final numbers because it it shows opportunity. And he was almost, I think it was almost a third of the, uh, of of the targets that were that that were in total, 
we've seen a lot of times when 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 players have these outlier seasons and this definitely much an outlier season they take a step backward but even if he takes a step backward i mean we we could be looking at a, a still i mean if he takes 20 i i was i was looking at the numbers if he takes a 20% drop he could be he he could end up getting uh, my dog is coming in to say hello. Uh, if he takes a twenty percent drop, we're still talking about fourteen, fifteen hundred yards, and and about you know ten to twelve touchdowns. What kind of season? Uh, I mean, he is very much the focal point. He's getting paid like the guy, um, but I mean, do you see a drawback or? I mean, could we be seeing the beginning of like an incredible run for him with a, with an elite quarterback? Mm -hmm. This was, you know, first and foremost, this was his healthiest season, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so that's a natural concern, I think, uh, after you play 21 games and, and run for that many yards. <laughs> um, it, uh, it, it could take a toll, but he is uh, big on preparation and, and training and, uh, and listening to uh, – uh, the medical advice um, of a, a very good training staff. So uh, I would expect he's doing as much as he can to guard against uh, that wear and tear uh, showing up. But that would naturally be a concern, right? That uh, that you lose him for any period of time and what that would do to his production and the Rams uh, offense. Um, you know, I think the theme is kind of what Stafford and Cup himself have talked about that it's not a matter of trying to do the same thing again. It's, it's, it's trying to find different ways. And uh, um, I think the addition of Allen Robinson is seen mm. as something that's going to help Cup. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Cup's number two guy uh, was Robert Woods. Um, and, but, but Woods in some ways had the, in many ways had the same skill sets skill set as, uh, as cup did. Um, so, uh, you know, enter Allen Robinson, who is kind of different, big target downfield target. Um, though that didn't show up so much last season in, uh, in Chicago, um, you know, great vertical catch guy. Um, I think they hope that, 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 that he'll open up some new things for Cooper cup. And that would be the big, um, and but then you know another question is OBJ, who we talked about yeah. before. Um, they didn't get him. It, it's not exactly a loss <laughs> to not have him at the start of the season. They didn't have him at the start of last season. They got him in November. Um, uh, he was uh, he, he was great. Uh, then he got hurt in the Super Bowl. Uh, he won't be healthy until probably mid-season. Uh, meanwhile, he's unsigned. Uh, sounds as if both sides could see their way clear to uh, to him uh, coming back to staying with the Rams, um, but uh, but we'll see. So if he's there, how does that affect Cooper Cup? Um, is it you know does that take catches away, or is it another way that it kind of opens things up for Cup? I, I, I don't I, I don't I think you have to work pretty hard to. Uh, take a pessimistic view of Cooper cup, um, you know, barring injury. Um, he's, uh, he's smart. He's dedicated. He loves the process. Um, if, uh, if anybody 
could um, could keep going on something like what he started last year. Uh, it's, it's probably him. And he was a guy that, you know, that I definitely, I mean, he's kind of like a, a, a slot receiver, but, that, but very much, you know, he was getting a lot of, a lot of downfield balls. It wasn't just like the, you know, five, seven, 10 yard. No, he was getting 15 to 20 yard mm-hmm. shots. And uh, that, that to me was the most impressive thing about his season. I, I mean, I, I've talked about it that it's not a, it's not a stretch to have him be the second player off the, off the board after Jonathan Taylor in most fantasy football drafts. And because it's just that much volume and nothing has changed, it's the same quarterback, it's the same play caller. And, and this team is going to be, and, and this, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a quarterback that's going to throw the ball 600 times again. So, and 175 to 200 of them are going to be his. So I'll take that take that mm-hmm. all day long <laughs> I, I robinson though is is the intriguing one because it's kind of like he he was not healthy last season he, he suffered an injury got covid now it, it's a guy who's in in the fantasy community we've made a big deal uh, out of him not having had a great quarterback and this is the first time he's having a great quarterback and we've seen players take a big jump in recent years stefan diggs doing it Cooper Cup last year with with Matthew Stafford. We're not expecting 100, 175 targets or even the 150 targets that he had when he was uh, last two healthy seasons with the Bears. But last year, I figured out that the, the number of targets that went to uh, first Robert Woods and then Odell Beckham Jr. was right under 120. Uh, you know, that 100, 120 target range, it, it, does that seem pretty doable for him? I guess so. Um, you know, with the variables we've talked about, right. uh, of, of who else is, uh, uh, you know, who else is stepping up? Uh, you know, does, does Van Jefferson take a step yes. forward? Uh, is he, is he permanently, uh, number three or four, uh, depending on, uh, on, on whether, uh, OBJ is there. And then, you know, the wild card is, is Tutu Atwell. <laughs> yes, I was just going to ask you about them. Please it, feel free. Um, you know, you, you you'll probably ask me at some point. You know, who could be a sleeper? And uh, so I'll preempt that by saying, you know, at the end of uh, minicamp, when coaches were asked who had caught their eye um, in the eight weeks of spring workouts, uh, Tutu Atwell came up. Um, and it was easy for a lot of us to write him off after his rookie season, right? Here's this tiny guy, five nine hundred and sixty five uh, listed, <laughs> probably <Yeah. laughs> less than that, maybe on both uh, on both of those numbers. Um, who you cringed every time he was going to get hit, and he finally did get hurt, and his season ended. And I, I think he, I think he took ten offensive snaps. Uh, in eight games uh, before he got hurt. Uh, and so it was, you know, easy to say, well, the, you know, the Rams big mistake of 2021 was drafting that guy number two. Well, their intent on proving that wasn't a mistake, first of all. Um, but they've also, I think, been very happy with the mental approach that he's taken in the off season that he, uh, I think I think he probably got a lecturing about uh, the dedication that he needs to show um, that he 
was taking things for granted. And so he's kind of latched on to Cooper Cup and uh, tried to learn from him. Um, he talked about uh, uh, being on a diet of, uh, of, of strawberry and banana milkshakes to try to put on not weight, <laughs> but some strength. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's and the Rams talk about how he is, uh, you know, he has long arms, long legs. So he's actually, he plays bigger <laughs> than five, nine, 165, you would hope. Um, so I think they're optimistic that they're, they're going to see the best of Tutu Atwell and we'll see what the best is, but I wouldn't throw him out of the mix and an injury or two, um, could, uh, you know, it could, could, could mean that he's another part of that handful of talented receivers. Yeah. I do remember early in the season, it was in like the second or third game where, uh, where Deshaun Jackson just beat everybody. And I just thought every time I think about that, I think, you know, this is what Tutu Atwell can do okay. uh, for a team. Uh, you touched on Van Jefferson a lot. Uh, this is the third year. How crucial a year is it for him? Yeah. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, probably make or break. Uh, he could also, I imagine being, be a trade, uh, you know, a trade piece. Um, but uh, that depends on other things. Um, I, yeah, I I think it's it's kind of hard to judge him. Um, he's been a downfield guy, not uh, you know. Uh, I, I guess he did catch the first long touchdown pass from Matthew Stafford, right? Uh, yeah. On uh, on opening night, and that was kind of the signal that <laughs> of how much things had changed with uh, with the arrival of Stafford. Um, but that was partially on Van Jefferson. So uh, I think he's an important piece. He seems like a good team guy. Uh, smart guy, um, and uh, uh, but I don't know how much room there is for him uh, production-wise when he's surrounded by uh, by, by some other, uh, other other prize-winning receivers. Oh man, yeah. L- let's talk about Higby. Um, I think there were there were a, a lot of expectations for him that that he could that he could take a step forward injury definitely late that, that knocked him out of the super bowl um how how does how does his rehab appear appear to be going and could is is the feeling that he could be full speed ahead by the time uh, the season rolls around yeah they seemed optimistic about that uh i mean uh they also said that must have that must have been a, a really serious thing because this is a guy who plays through a lot of injuries um uh, you know, he, I, I think he came back uh, was it a week or two late, later after uh, after coughing up blood. Oh yeah, <laughs> in 2019 after a after a big hit against the Saints, I want to say um, he's he's played through a lot of things. Uh, so I, you know, I would say he's a guy who you're not going to go wrong with having him on your team. Uh, is he going to be one of the most productive tight ends in the league? Um, you know, not one of the not, not one of the tip top guys, but uh, but you're not going to go wrong. He's going to be out there, and uh, what his exact role is going to be is uh, is probably going to be determined by whether or how the offense changes uh, with a new coordinator quote quote unquote coordinator. We know it's really uh, it's, it's really Sean McVay's offense. <laughs> But, uh, um, uh, but uh, anyway, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know 
how high the upside is, but uh, they feel good about uh, about Higby. They love him, um, and uh, uh, maybe another guy to keep on, an eye on in uh, in training camp. Um, but I, I wouldn't expect health is going to be an issue by then. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of foresee, and you can tell me if uh, if I'm off on this. I mean, obviously, Cup is the is the clear number one. You got Robinson as the number two target. Higby and Jefferson uh, would would kind of be yeah it would kind of be the the main competitors for the three four slots with two two uh, slotting and be, you know being the guy that they take deep shots with. Is that does that seem that, like a little bit? That sounds exactly right. And there have been stretches where Higby has been. The number two target um, mm-hmm. behind Cup. So, uh, um, yeah, no, I think you have that uh, pegged exactly right. And and uh, we one thing we didn't t- touch base on in the uh, in as far as the running as far as the running backs is uh, are they going to be more involved in the passing game? This was one of the teams that that, that threw least to to running backs last year. Uh, has there been any talk about them uh, about us- utilizing the running backs more in the passing game? Well, I would think that you know if Akers and Henderson are healthy and are the the the, the main guys, um, both of them are cut out to do that, and uh, and and certainly more cut out to do that than Sony Michelle was, uh, you know, during. Uh, um, what was really a crucial period in their season when Sony Michelle um, kind of helped them get over the 0 and 3 November. Um, they, they went heavy on uh, uh, on you know six man lines and, and and pounding the running game. Um, but Michelle was not a not a receiver type. So uh, yeah, I think uh, that is another thing that probably depends on the health of uh, of Akers and Henderson. Uh, O-line. Mm. Andrew Whitworth is, is retired. You know, just a borderline Hall of Fame career, if not a, if not a Hall of Fame career. Closed out on the – I think one of the great pictures is him sitting on the, you know, confetti-filled SoFi Stadium and talking to the, talking to his kids, telling him that was that. Um, he leaves a, a gaping hole. Joe no, Joseph Noteboom is going in at the left tackle. This is a team that – this is a unit that really performed at a high level even when Whitworth went out. Uh, is the and I believe Pro Football Focus uh, has them in the top t- has them in the top ten going into the 2022 season. Even after such a big loss, uh, considering that they did add some reinforcements in the in the NFL draft, I, could this could this continue to be an, uh, an elite unit that really keeps keeps uh, Stafford upright and and helps out for the, in the running game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are two spots that are question marks. Um, and one is obviously Whitworth's position. Uh, they're confident in Joe Noteboom. He's kind of been the, 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 the left tackle in waiting for a while. He's gained experience at guard positions and filling in for Whitworth uh, during his, his, his surprisingly rare injuries. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, and the, the other piece of that is, can you replace Whitworth's leadership in the OL room? Um, uh, you know, Rob Havenstein now becomes the dean of the line. Uh, he is uh, he is a leader type, and by all accounts, is uh, is, is stepping into that role uh, really naturally. Um, but the other piece in the line that we have to watch is right guard. Austin Corbett left hmm. free 
agency. Um, they, that's where they drafted Logan Bruss from Wisconsin uh, as their top pick, third round, but their top pick. Um, and uh, I think you could assume he is getting a full shot at being the starter there. But Coleman Shelton is in the mix. Uh, uh, Tremaine, Tremaine Ancrum is in the mix. It's a it's a two three maybe even four with Bobby Evans man uh, competition. So keep an eye on that. You know if they settle quickly on somebody uh, there, that's probably a good sign. But uh, um, you know that could be a question mark. And uh, 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 Brian Allen. Uh, I didn't see him on the field uh, in, you know, in, in team drills during uh, spring workouts. Um, he has an injury history, though he was healthy last year. So, uh, you know, they're counting on him being, uh, being upright and, uh, and having a repeat of, of a solid season. So um, I, I no reason to think that the line uh, will necessarily be a problem, but uh but will it hit some of the high notes that it did uh, last season? Uh, it'll depend, uh, as I say, on note boom and then how that right guard situation resolves. So I want to let's go over to the defensive side, and this is a group that I mean, this guy number ninety nine, he won the Super Bowl. I mean, that last play on on Joe Burrow was, I mean that that encapsulated a Hall of Fame career. Now you've got, uh, but, and, and it, I'm going to start with the defense against the run. This was that, that seemed to be the, the, not the, not necessarily the Achilles heel, but that seemed to be people were able to run on them more than pass on them last year. Mm-hmm. You brought in Bobby Wagner, another all pro player. Now you got all pros at all three levels. I mean, is, is, is that an area that they were really looking to, um, to, to improve upon it was against the running game. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they probably would have loved to re-sign Von Miller mm. uh, at outside linebacker, but uh, they certainly weren't going to match the six years, $120 million. I think it is that the gave him. Um, and to be able to replace him uh, in, in, in a, in a, you know, in a sense with, uh, with, with getting Bobby Wagner uh, on the inside of the linebacker core, that, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, that's probably a wash, especially considering what you're saying, that improving the, the run defense was a, was a priority. Uh, so that should do that. Um, you know, they lost uh, Sebastian Joseph Day from the middle of mm-hmm. the line, although he'd been hurt most of the, of, of the latter part of the season um, and Greg Gaines has had stepped in and done very well, but we'll see if, you know, see, see how that, uh, if that repeats, um, uh, a Robinson um, probably goes into this season healthier and, and uh, um, uh, you know, should, should have another, uh, should, should, should be another uh, um, good complimentary piece for, uh, for Aaron Donald, um, but uh, uh, forgetting your question, uh, I think <laughs> I, th- I think yes, their uh, run defense should uh, should should be should be better. 
And against the pass, I mean, you've got Jalen Ramsey back there. You've got Aaron Donald just, you know, creating havoc with the quarterbacks. I mean, I, I mean, is is this shape and and some of the DBs? I believe they they had uh, a return from uh, a, a returning player from the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. What uh, I mean, could this be another formidable unit against the pass? Yeah, you know, they lost Darius Williams mm -hmm. quarterback. Um, whose versatility uh, was key to allowing Jalen Ramsey to use his versatility the way mm -hmm. he did. Um, but the Rams then uh, reacquired Troy Hill uh, in a trade with the, uh, with, with the Cleveland Browns. And, and Hill had been a particular favorite of Jalen Ramsey uh, in his previous go-round with the Rams. So uh, that looks like... Uh, you know, at least a wash, <laughs> that loss and acquisition at cornerback. Uh, um, and then the Rams were intent on drafting and then signing undrafted uh, uh, defensive backs. They really laid in a lot of uh, depth at those positions. A lot of that is, is, is going to be training camp um, guys, you know. But uh, um, after, uh, after last season when they had a lot of injuries – at uh, really every uh, DB position, um, they they're, uh, they they seem to be well fortified. But you know, we'll see. Uh, um, does Jordan Fuller stay healthy? Does Taylor Rapp stay healthy? Um, uh, who am I? Uh, who am I thinking of? Um, uh, no, Terrell Burgess. Oh yeah, somebody who. Um, uh, if you if you say who is going into a make or break season, he might be the first guy uh, I think of. But um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there. Uh, I, I I think for a team that lost a Hall of Fame edge rusher uh, and a, a very good cornerback to free agency, <laughs> they've come through the off season pretty well. That that uh, you know that defensive unit doesn't have. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of question marks. No, it's going to be awesome. It, it's going to be, it, it, it's, I, I think it's shaping up like a great season. I think the NFC West is going to be really good again. I mean, it, I mean, the, the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs, I'm talking about the NFC West, uh, the 49ers, you got the, the Cardinals are going to be good. Who knows what's going to be happening with Seattle, but uh, definitely you got three elite, three teams that are going to be elite. I, I, I love it. The, uh, it's funny. I was talking with somebody from the Buccaneers recently. It covers the Buccaneers, and it's just like, yeah, the, the, it's really looking like from the NFC, the Super Bowl contenders, uh, two of the top ones are the Bucks, the Rams. You got, the, you, you still got the Packers because they've got number twelve. That seems to be, and you talked about it on from from the betting standpoint. I, I'd take those eleven to one odds, uh, you know, as as uh, not just as a fan, but as a betting man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, uh, you know how, how you don't slot the defending champions who have come through the offseason without a lot of holes um, as one of the <laughs> the the cream of, uh, of of the upcoming season. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'd have to I'd have to look and see if eleven to one is fair. But uh, um, but uh, certainly I wouldn't fault anybody who says uh, the Rams are better than the fourth or fifth team, uh, which is where uh, where Las Vegas has them right now. 
Well, I may, I may, I may uh, have to mm -hmm. have to put in a call to any friends in Las Vegas to put down a bet for me. So uh, that that's a good one, Kevin. I, uh, you know, you mentioned last year Poncho's Tacos uh, in the uh -huh. area, and I know that we're, we're, I know we're both waiting with bated breath for their new restaurant to open up. But I, I you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned a recent trip you took down uh, to the what I call the fish taco capital of the world, San Diego. Uh, any 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 Mexican food highlights on, on your recent trip uh i'm trying to think well actually at the I, I went down there to visit some friends to go to a baseball game and two soccer games um two pro games both played at uh university of san diego i had a great chicken taco at the padres game i wish oh, i could tell you what who the vendor is but this was the, this was a big solid piece of chicken <laughs> on a taco that was almost possible to eat at your seat at a baseball game without getting it all over you. Um, so look for those. Um, and then uh, I had a yeah, pretty passable burrito at the, um, at the San Diego loyal USL soccer game on a, uh, on a Saturday night. So um, yeah, come to think of it. Uh, I, 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 I had some, uh, some pretty passable Mexican food down there. Surprise, surprise. Well, uh, my uh, my good friend and actually fantasy football partner Dan Butler, who is who oversees the concessions for Petco Park, will be really wow. happy to hear that nice review that you had at, at the food at Petco Park. So I'll uh, I'll make, I, I'm gonna, he's a he's an occasional listener, and this he really enjoys this series. So I'm going to make sure he's he listen, tell him you got to listen to the end of the Rams. So. Well, he'll know which concessionaire it is, uh, which would would have made it a more useful review. Well, I'll tell him. I'll tell him to give me a shout out, and I'll I'll, I'll shout him out on Twitter and everything. So, Kevin, uh, I, I I so treasure our friendship. I so treasure the time that you took. Uh, thank you so much for lending the insight on the Rams. I mean, the world champion Rams. Uh, I know it was an incredible run, and uh, just and I, I love the incredible coverage that you've had over over the time. Just make sure to uh, let's close out. Point everybody to where they can find the work. Well, yeah, uh, LA Daily News and 10 other newspapers in the Southern California News Group. So dailynews.com would be a place to start. Uh, Orange County Register is ocregister.com. But, uh, you know, you can get online from anywhere uh, and you can be a print subscriber uh, if, if you live in the San Fernando Valley, the Orange uh, in Orange County, in Long Beach, in Pasadena, in San Bernardino, in Riverside, I could go on. <laughs> but uh, check out any of our websites, and uh, you'll see details on uh, on uh, on how to subscribe for sometimes shockingly low uh, rates. Um, you can subscribe to our sports newsletters, including uh, the the one on the Rams, which will give you all of the content uh, that, uh, that, that, that that we put in the paper and online uh, about the Rams uh, and more sometimes. Um, and uh, actually by being a, a, a newsletter subscriber, you can get great offers for newspaper subscription. So as the season gets closer, if the Rams are your thing or the, if the Chargers are your thing, maybe consider subscribing during the football season. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of ways to read us these days. And definitely uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. And I've been a digital subscriber and it's uh, I love it.
love it love it love it your work gilbert and gilbert manzano's work over on the chargers just all aces all aces my friends muchas gracias otra vez familia eso es todo for our show uh thanks again to anchor for being our hosting network and getting our independent podcast out there also again make sure you're liking and subscribing us on youtube and don't forget go to fantasypoints.com get 10 percent off when you put in the promo code familia 22 or familia 22 if you want to do it in spanish just to be fun you get any subscription you get 10 percent off so hopefully you you use that uh again Go to our uh, fa fa Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Familia FFB. You can uh, you can also go to FamiliaFFB.com for our original content. And I'll be tweeting everything out at Jorge Martin 17. Otra vez, everybody. To our invitado de lujo, Kevin, muchas gracias. Remember, Jorge, everybody. Thank oh, thank you. It was a fue un gran placer, as, Jaime, as, our, as our friend Jaime Jardín would say. Uh, and everybody, remember, todos somos familia. Salud.